Hey, good morning, everyone. And what a kind of dull kind of morning here in North Haven, Connecticut. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0 from Two Sistas. You may have noticed that we haven't been on for a few days. We had a little bit of a hiatus, but we are ready and raring to go today. We are missing one sista, but that doesn't stop us. Today, obviously, is wealth wellness Wednesday and we'll chat about a little bit more about that in just a few minutes but today we have an amazing guest on I am so excited to introduce her her name is Renee Roberts and she is a registered functional nutrition and vitality coach and founder of nourish to live rx and she helps her clients with sleep and low energy and so much more <coughs> excuse me and I just want to apologize in advance. Everybody knows I cough on a regular basis, but I do have some kind of a cough issue thing going on today, a little bit more than normal. So I do apologize in advance. So Renee, welcome. I'm so, we're so excited to have you on today. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So, you know, obviously when we met a couple months to go to chat about you being on the podcast, you know, a lot of times, you know, obviously we all know, right, how important sleep is and sleep and low energy really go hand in hand. So I want to kind of touch upon that first and talk about why are so many people not getting good sleep? What has been like your the conversations, for instance, that you're having with your clients about, obviously they come to you with different health issues that they wanna work on and obviously sleep and low energy because when we don't have enough sleep, our energy is very low and we can't do what we wanna do. So if you could talk about that for a few minutes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why I like tackling sleep because it's not something that you can just say, Hey, do this and, and you'll be fine. Um, our sleep patterns and sleep cycles get interrupted for many reasons. Uh, one of the main reasons, especially now with the pandemic and everything is stress. Um, that is just huge, huge, huge on disrupting our sleep cycles because Obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, when we get stressed, our cortisol levels increase. And I don't know if you know this, but when cortisol is high, melatonin, our sleep hormone, is low. If they're in an inverse relationship. So if you're stressed out, your cortisol levels are skyrocketing, not allowing your body to produce the melatonin that will help you relax. So stress is one of the most important things that, that I talk about. Um, other reasons that could cause you to not sleep well is your nutrition. Um, it, what you eat, what you drink, uh, stuff like that will affect how you feel during the day, but also can affect your sleep cycles at night. For example, um, again, with the pandemic, uh, I noticed, a, you know, a lot of us drink more <laughs> just to kind of you know, just because we're home all the time and it just happens, right? Well, alcohol is very, very um, bad for sleep. It may help you fall asleep, but again, it doesn't allow for a good quality sleep and it may have you wake during the night too, while your body's and liver is trying to process it. So 
Uh, nutrition is another thing. Um, and then just your daily habits through the day is another thing that you want to check for if you are having trouble sleeping. Uh, there's lots of things you can do throughout the day to encourage better sleep. So those are the three main things that I see that can cause issues. Now, I know that a lot of people, and thank you so much for um, sharing that relationship between melatonin and um, cortisol. Um, you know, being a health coach myself, it just kind of reiterated to me um, what I've known all along. But I know that a lot of people, for instance, take um, melatonin just on a regular basis just to take it. And I know that um, that's good every now and then. Do you have a lot of clients that often use melatonin? And if somebody is using melatonin, what is a good um, practice to follow with that on when you should take it, how often you should take it? Oh, it's a, it, that's a hard question because everybody's different. Number one. So some people melatonin won't even work for them anyway. Some people it works for. So, uh, my general rule for anything, any kind of supplement or whatever is supplements can be good for short term, but let's try to fix the root cause. Let's figure out why you have to take these supplements and then try to get off of them. So that's my general rule of thumb. So uh, my, you know, so if you do have to take it and I, I take supplements as well. And I know that if I, I know enough now, because I've been researching this and studying sleep for so long that I know going in, whether or not I'll have a good night's sleep or not based on the activities I did during the day. So sometimes I will take some supplements at night whether it's melatonin or um, I have some other things that I use as well and I'll do it. I'll take it, but it's just for that night or for the next couple of nights. And then I get off of it. So um, I suggest it's okay, but it's not something for long-term. I don't think, I don't believe unless it's something that your doctor doctor actually said it's okay. Cause that's another thing too. supplements and, and stuff like that can affect other parts of your body, it can affect medication, other medication that you're taking as well. So it's always good to, to make sure your doctor knows what you're taking, um, just to make sure there are not any other side effects. And you know what, you raise um, something very important there, obviously checking with your physician, because I believe that probably, <coughs> excuse me, that many people, um, not that they don't think it's you know, something that they should let their physician know, but they just like, oh, you know, it's a supplement, you know, it's not a big deal. When in reality, it could be affecting another conversation. So that is vitally important. So thank you so much for pointing that out. And you also mentioned, um, you know, getting to the root cause. And as you've mentioned, you know, obviously with the pandemic, um, people have had a lot of stresses. Um, for instance, I can remember in uh, the state of Connecticut where I live, uh, one of the things, um, you know, of course they closed everything down. And, but one of the things that they did not close down, which I thought was very interesting and I understood why, but I still thought it was very odd in my opinion, or um, was the liquor store. Um, 
Same here. <laughs> you know, so, you know, there has been a rise, obviously, I think in, uh, you know, like you said, people being at home and we're more apt to, you know, maybe have that second glass of wine because we're not obviously know that we're not driving or going anywhere. Um, but I think also too, really digging deeper to that root cause. Is it, you know, are you, for instance, um, are some people that are at home, you know, working, <laughs> you know, still working at their job, but they're working from home and maybe they're, um, you know, parents of school-age children that are doing online learning. So I, I can imagine that, you know, the stress with all of that responsibility, mm -hmm. it's just got to be way heavy on people's hearts. So, wow, you know, as I think of that, you know, God bless all these parents, you know, mm -hmm. it's such a crazy time for a lot of people. And, you know, obviously I'm interested in the sleep aspect of it because as um, <coughs> a lot of our listeners and viewers know, um, my son Ryan in July had a life-threatening injury um, and he's doing much better. I just want to say that um, has a few more things to go through, but thankfully blessed and grateful he's doing better. Um, but I have found obviously that my sleep has been so um, disrupted because I think of that thought pattern of when I got that, when I got the notice at two in the morning. So it's like every morning, like clockwork, I wake up at two o'clock and, you know, I've got to look at my my cell phone and you know i'm trying to put in different practices where i kind of calm calm my mind down mm -hmm. <laughs> calm my energy down and just doing natural type of activities um such as breathing exercises um just filtering making sure that and, and i'm one of those people i'm guilty of it i love watching tv in bed I do occasionally fall asleep with the TV on. I know that's not the best thing, but at least making sure that I turn it off 20 to 30 minutes before I actually fall asleep. <clears throat> what are some recommendations that you have for people who are struggling just, you know, with that anxiety of getting a good night's sleep? For instance, they probably wake up in the morning like I do and like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. You know, I didn't get mm -hmm. any sleep. So I'm curious as to different recommendations that you would have for somebody who is struggling. Okay. Well, the first thing I do, especially when I talk to somebody new is I like to examine their daily routine. So this is something you can do yourself is you want to ask yourself, you know, think about, you know, on average, how many hours of sleep do you get per night? Because some people don't even know that. Like they just they just go through their day and they just go through their life, right? And not even think about it. Um, you want to note some. You want to note things like how do you feel when you wake up in the morning, and do you wake up frequently during the night? If so, how often? And like you said, you used to wake up or you wake up at two a.m. every morning. Do you do it the same time every morning that you wake up? Uh, do you nap during the day? Um, do you have to have like a, a coffee to keep you awake for the afternoon? Do you drink alcohol every day? Uh, what time do you eat dinner? Stuff like that. Um, 
Do you work out? And do you generally go to bed and wake up at the same time? So those are the first things I ask people, uh, you know, because you want to understand what their day looks like. And then I usually start having them keep a sleep journal. So what were you doing right before you went to bed? What time you went to bed? What time you woke up? And if you woke up, if you had any naps during the day, stuff like that, that way, then we can start going into some of the habits and changing habits. Uh, so there are things that you can do to promote a high quality sleep. But I always like to talk about there's a few things that will cause low quality sleep. And I always talk about those first, because it's important to if you're doing one of these habits, that's one of the best things you can do is try to change that habit first. So the first and foremost is just an irregular sleep schedule. If you go to bed at different times every night, or if you wake up at different times every morning, try to start shifting so you can get a regular sleep schedule. That's one of the best things you can do. The other thing is caffeine. I don't know if you know this, but when you drink caffeine, it stays in your system for anywhere from seven to 12 hours. And you know, I can get a little geeky about caffeine and what it does to our body and why it keeps us awake. But that seven to 12 hour thing is crazy. So if you drink anytime after 12 PM, you will have affected your sleep cycles for the night for that night. So, you know, if you are one of those people that have it, that's a good thing to do is to, to cut back caffeine after noon. Um, the other thing is drinking alcohol. It's just not good. And I mentioned that already. So those are a few things that I talk about. Um, and stress, obviously, I spoke about as well. But that's a whole nother thing, right? It's not just easy to say, well, don't be stressed. Well, that just doesn't work. But um, as far as things you can do during the day to help you sleep better is you want to get regular exposure to sunlight. And that's very important, especially now if for a lot of us that are working from home, get outside for at least 20 minutes or even look out your window, get some sun on your face because that resets your circadian rhythm, which will help you start to sleep better. Uh, exercise and movement is another essential thing for our bodies. Um, I, I'm, I can tell you from my experience, I'm a gym person and gyms have been closed for so long. They opened, I was finally able to go back. I was injured. I finally got back in November only to have them close again up here in Toronto. So, you know, I've noticed a difference when I'm not getting my regular exercise every day. And it's not, you don't have to have a full out, you know, um, one hour sweat session. You can get out for a walk, do yoga, do stretching. As long as you're getting your body to move, it's very important. But having some vigorous exercise thrown in as well will definitely help you get a better quality, more deep sleep. Um, you mentioned it already, like the, you know, turning electronics off a certain time. I call it the power down hour, um, at least an hour before bed, turn off all those electronics because of that blue light. I'm sure we've all heard about blue light now because they have the glasses and they have everything. Um, blue light basically mimics the sun. So it's, um, it's again, resets our circadian rhythm. If we start looking at gadgets through the night or before we go to bed, our body thinks it's light out and it wants to stay awake. So you don't want that to happen. Another good thing about the power down hour is that a lot of things like social media, email, text message, and all that can actually amp you up as well. 
So you can get all excited about certain things. And again, you don't want that happening right before you go to bed. So the power down hour is probably one of the biggest things I encourage. Um, if you're like me and can't get your brain to turn off, uh, a brain dump is a good thing to do as well, because just that actual habit or activity of writing stuff down, writing your to-do list, things that you know you haven't gotten done but need to do, get them out on paper. And it just, it helps your brain turn off that, just that activity, because then you know you won't lose it because it's written down somewhere. So, and, and that will help hasten sleep a little bit. So that's a good thing. Um, one of my favorite things is hypnotherapy. I love it. I love it so much that I be, I've become a registered hypnotherapist myself. Never thought I would do this, but it helped me so much that, um, that uh, I, I have to do it. And you can find scripts on YouTube or on, on the internet. You apps like Breathe and Calm have hypnotherapy. Um, but what that does is it focuses the person's attention in a way that allows them to relax and um, change their thoughts and behaviors. So you can find actual hypnotherapy scripts that will help you get a better quality sleep. So those are good. Um, if you have trouble falling asleep, listening to sleep stories is another good thing. Um, white noise is good or listening to soothing music. And, and the reason why that works in, in case you're interested is it's because just certain changes, small changes to um, sound consistency is enough to disrupt our sleep cycles. So listening, putting on that, like putting on that music or white noise just blankets the room in um, with that noise that it fills the room with that consistent sound that will mask all the other inconsistent noises. Wow. Um, yeah. Great, um, great tips. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what, you know, you mentioned about having a sleep journal. I, you know, we talk about, for instance, you know, with my, some of my health coaching clients, you know, we chat about keeping um, a daily journal of what they're doing in their activities. Um, <laughs> excuse me, but having a sleep journal, you know, it's, it's kind of that light bulb moment. Like, not that, why didn't I think of that, but that's a great idea. Like to see what the, maybe they're doing something um, subconsciously that they didn't realize like, oh yeah, maybe having that, you know, cup of coffee at six o'clock at night is not really such a good thing and not it's just a habitual habit that they do on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of great tips. And I think that's kind of cool that you've added hypnotherapy. Um, do a lot of your clients, do they specifically come to you um, to work on one thing or does it end up kind of being kind of a little of everything, like losing weight, working on their sleep, kind of all of the above? It's all of the above. I mean, I focus on sleep mainly because it's a symptom of an underlying issue. So I like to dig in and figure out why. Um, and so what it quickly turns to whether or not we're, I'm helping them lower their stress, I'm helping them manage their hormones, 
which is another thing I really didn't mention. Hormone imbalances can affect your sleep as well, especially for women who are in midlife, um, perimenopause, menopause. Um, so yeah. And, you know, losing weight is another thing that's, you know, where I started out as, you know, helping people lose weight. But, um, what I find is everything's interrelated. If you're having trouble sleeping, you're, you're going to, you're going to have trouble losing weight just because your body is in this, this weird, I don't want to say funk, but it's, you know, you're not sleeping well. I always like to say, if you're not sleeping well, you're not healing well. And typically if you are in sleep deprivation, you tend to gravitate towards carbohydrates and high processed foods, foods you can grab easily because your body just wants energy. Your body wants to stay awake. So I find they're all interrelated. So yes, it's, you know, a roundabout answer, but yes, I help, you know, I help uh, people with anything because there's so many things that can affect the sleep. That is, that is so true. And I want to talk about, um, the functional nutrition and vitality coach, (laughs) because I think, I don't know, I think those together, it's like, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) It sounds amazing. How do you interrelate those? And obviously you've explained a a lot about how um, you work with your clients with, with sleep and low energy and how to work through the stress and getting, you know, kind of to the root causes Um, but if you could explain a little bit more how the functional nutrition and vitality aspect work into that, or is it kind of interrelated? I would assume it's all interrelated. Um, I started out, you know, nutrition has always been my passion for at least 15 years now. And it's because I have a story myself and, uh, I realized from my story that food is medicine. What you put in your body really affects how you feel and how you function and how you react to external factors. So, uh, you know, nutrition first and foremost was always, always something I was interested in. And so I incorporate that obviously into everything I do and everything I coach because it's just, it's just not, I don't want to say easy, but it's just something that you can look at. It's really easy to say, okay, let's see, what are you eating? How are you eating? When are you eating all that stuff? Uh, so that's why I like it. Um, I'm not a big fan of diets and, you know, I think everything has its place, you know, for short-term solution. And if you're trying to get over something, but long-term, and I believe, I mean, you know, this as well, it's just like, it's all about a relationship with food, a relationship with everything else in your life. So um, you need to get that, have a good relationship in order to keep anything going long-term. So um, the vitality part, I call myself a vitality coach. People call me a sleep coach as well. I like vitality better because it's not just sleep I work with. I want people to feel amazing. I want them to feel vibrant and want them to be able to get up and get out of bed without an alarm and and just bounce through the day. So um, how you do that is through a whole bunch of things. Nutrition is one of the many things that that I focus on. So um, that is amazing. And I, I love what you said about um, having that healthy relationship. And my sister and I, of course, do not like diets. And I think it's amazing. And maybe you've seen this in Canada. Um, all of a sudden, you know, 
and, and I'm still seeing the commercials, you know, the first of the year and, um, you know, all these different diets, you know, do this, do that, you know, have you gained the COVID-20 or whatever, you know, they're chatting about. And I, I think if we just took a moment, if people took a moment and not buy into a diet, but maybe think of it in different terms, like investing in their overall um, wellness, uh, that they would have a different outlook, they would have a different vitality, mm -hmm. you know, from kind of switching things around a little bit. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, which I'm a little curious about is, um, you mentioned, and I always say that there's a story behind the story. Um, as a lot of people know, I, um, in my early 40s, <coughs> was very heavy. I've lost, a, you know, 100, well, it was over 100 pounds, like 132, 140, whatever it was. It was, I lost a lot of weight. I lost a whole person, basically. Um, and that's why I became interested in health coaching and wellness and, and fitness in general. And that was no easy task. And I just look back at my journey um, and I share this a lot because I think it's so important. Um, it's not so much about, I thought when I started out, for instance, that, oh my God, you know, losing weight is going to be hard. And let me tell you, it was hard. But for me, you know, being almost 60 now, for me, it's about keeping the weight off. And I think that's been um, more <clears throat> of a journey for me. And that obviously, I think, like I said, you know, everybody's journey is different. What, if you don't mind me asking, what is your story behind the story? Yeah, for sure. For me, it, my journey started, um, you know, like I said, around 15 years ago, I remember one specific year, I was really sick a lot. And I remember it like it was yesterday because it was the first time ever I had gotten the flu, like full-blown influenza. I was out of work for almost two weeks. I didn't know what the hell hit me. Now, nowadays with COVID, I'm sure a lot of people relate, <laughs> but back then I was like, I don't, I, I remember not being able to actually leave the couch to move to like use the washroom or go to bed or whatever. It was just, oh, it was horrible. So that started that year and then obviously got better. And then I got a sinus infection. And at that point, back in the day, they used to give you antibiotics. So I kept getting antibiotics, got better. I got strep throat, had to get penicillin. Then I got another sinus infection. So, at, so I, my doctor kept giving me antibiotics, right? Um, finally, I said, I can't do this. I keep, can't, like something's going on in my body. So I went and saw a naturopath for my first time, my first experience with a naturopath. And she said, you know what, let's check for food sensitivities. So we did, uh, did a blood test and found out I was intolerant to a lot of food, like salmon, red meat, dairy, this, the normal stuff, dairy, gluten, soy, um, but then weird things like I was okay with peanuts, but then not good with any other kind of nut and they were intolerances or sensitivities. They weren't full out, you know, I, um, you know, I didn't have to take an EpiPen or anything like that. It wasn't like it, but what was happening is I was eating those foods and it was taxing my immune system because my body was just having a hard time processing the food. It was taking all its energy to process, digest the food 
And that left me open to anything, any illness, any virus that came down the pike. So literally once I changed, she said, just let's cut these foods out for a while. And to be honest, I cut a lot of them out for a long time. And a lot of them I still don't eat. Um, I have never gotten strep throat since. I haven't gotten sick at all. Like I haven't caught COVID yet. I don't know how that happened. You know, I can't believe I haven't, especially with the latest uh, latest um, variant going around. But I still get the occasional sinus infection, but it clears up quickly. Like it's a couple days and I'm good. So what I found that really, really changed my tune regarding food as medicine. So ever since then, I've just been on this health kick nutrition kick. And, uh, and that's how I, I, I haven't been, I didn't change my, you know, I still had a corporate job. I was working in technology and all that. And then just recently, uh, a number of years ago, I decided to go into it full time because I wanted to help other people. So, and I find now what's interesting is that as I get older, that, you know, hormones start playing a bigger role as a woman in midlife. So (laughs) it's like, well, you can do everything right, but guess what? (laughs) I'm still going to throw, you know, throw that left punch or hook. Right. So, um, it's just, it's just funny. So it's, it's always a learning experience trying to figure out what my body wants. (laughs) So, you know, thank you so much for sharing that because I think it's important for a lot of people to, to realize that, that making that connection with, the nutrition and what we supply our bodies with really um, is a functional part of our of our vitality. And um, it, I was just wondering if you could just let our listeners and viewers know how they can get a hold of you, because I yeah. know that your business is Nourish to Live RX. Yes. Yeah. So I have a website. That's probably the best place to contact me because uh, on my website, it has all of my social media, uh, my blog. I also do um, uh, biweekly workshops with guest speakers and stuff like that. So um, the website is www.ntlrx. So nourish to live rx, just, you know, um, ntlrx.com. And it has all of my information on there. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a fun journey for sure. (laughs) Yes, a definite fun and discovering journey and making that connection with functional nutrition, along with being a vitality coach. um, And now implementing your hypnotherapy. Um, Renee, I just think that's amazing. I think you're amazing. And, you know, I thank you so much for um, being on the two sisters podcast today, and we hope to have you back real soon. Uh, can't wait for you obviously to meet my sister, Carol Sue. And on that note, I just want to remind everybody, um, and we will make sure that we put the, um, the, your website information below the live of this video. And obviously in the show notes today, obviously is wealth wellness Wednesday. And we celebrate the, the connection of, of creating that ripple effect. So know that it's not so much the monetary value, you know, and we've often chatted about this so much, you know, maybe it's paying for um, the veterans coffee behind you anonymously. It's about doing something anonymously to kind of 
create that ripple effect. And remember what that does um, for that potential person that you're giving them to how they feel and like, wow, that was so cool. And then they do it for somebody else. So let's keep that wealth wellness train going. Once again, Renee, thank you so much for being on. It was our pleasure to have you on today. Yeah. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 5.0. We will be on again tomorrow for Trending Thursday. We have another guest on, but we will not be on until 2.30 p.m. So on that note, have a great Wednesday. Goodbye, everybody. Be well and stay warm. And Renee, I understand, obviously, you have a lot of snow in your area, so... <laughs> Take your time on, you know, shoveling your car out. <laughs> Take <Yeah>. a try. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.